Acts chapter 2, I'll, I'll, I'll just read one passage of scripture and then we'll just go off of that and God will help me. I won't take long because I want to give a few more minutes time in the altar and we're going to have a baptism. Amen. Excited about that. Amen. Two. We got two baptisms. Well, thank God because here's what I heard the Lord say. I'm supposed to leave the water in there for tonight too. So there may be more. So I'm just going to let the water stay in there. I'm not going to let it out. So I felt like there would be more than one. I'm glad there's two. But I won't be surprised if there's not 22. Amen. I don't know what God's doing, but I know he's doing something today. Amen. I know that. And so we're going to leave the water in. So at 5 o'clock this afternoon, we'll have service again. And um, we just trust the Lord. Let some of these folks here from Hope Dealers testify and share. And, and um, just love them so much. Appreciate you, man of God, what you're doing and loving on people that nobody else cares about, loves. I just thank God for you. Amen. Thank God for your wife and just what y'all are doing to help. Amen. It means a lot. I promise you that 18 years ago, if somebody like Brother Dusty and Sister Tanya wasn't in, in a place to help somebody like me, I wouldn't be here today. This is not an easy ministry. <laughs> This is probably the hardest ministry that you can be a part of. I'm just being honest. It probably, I, I would say it is the most taxing and the hardest ministry that, that there is um, going. It takes everything you've got. And so they're here, and so they need your prayer, and they need reviving themselves. Amen? Because they've got a lot that they're taking on. And so Acts chapter 2, um, I'll just read one passage of Scripture this morning. Um, and then I'm going to read some more in a minute, but I won't keep you standing for all of that. How's that sound? Acts chapter 2, verse 16. Y'all read it with me. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. We'll say it again. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help me, Lord, these next few moments. Anoint me, Lord, lead and guide into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. We had a time here Wednesday night. If you're missing Wednesday night services, I'm sorry. <laughs> Probably had the greatest service we've ever had inside of this church building. Um, last Wednesday night, and we'll talk about that some in just a minute. But, you know, I believe, you know, as I was just praying and preparing, and Grace Fellowship Christian Church, you're just radical people, and I love you. I do. I just love you. And I'm just going to be honest. You're just awesome. I wouldn't want to even attend church anywhere else because this is where God's put us, and you're just my people. You just are. Amen. And I just thank God for you because just like this morning, you just let God move. You just let the Holy Spirit have His way. And, and I thank God for that because that's what I need in my life. Amen. I said, that's what I need in my life. But here's the thing is many people sit back and they look at you and they look at us and they look at people. And, and, and I hate to even throw out, I'm not going to call denominations, but there's really only one denomination in the Word of God, and that is Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, the church was birthed. 
And so I'm not talking about denominations. I, if I say Pentecost, our church sign don't say Pentecostal on the doorfront. Amen. People say, what are you? I say, we, we're full gospel. What is full gospel? We believe in the word from front to back. I'm not going to take Acts 2 and tear it out of the Bible. You know, somebody told Tommy Moore and said, well, if that, that Pentecostal people didn't have Acts chapter 2, they wouldn't have nothing to stand on. And Brother Tommy looked back at him and said, but we do. Amen. But we do. But we do have that. Amen. So we don't only have Acts 1-8. We don't only have Acts 1-2. But you have to start from the very beginning too. Amen. Adam and Eve were, learnt, were taught to hide when the sin nature was exposed. Many of us learn to hide. Amen. We learn to hide from our sins too. Amen. You have John chapter 8. It takes two people to live in adultery. Well, you never hear anything about the man because the man hid. You got a lot of people hiding in the church today, and you got a lot of people that's drugged before the feet of Jesus. One's going to hear, well done, and the other's going to hear, depart from me. I never knew you. There's a lot of people that hide in church. There's a lot of people that hide in religion. We, we hide in churchianity. We play church. We hide. We hide behind pulpits. We hide behind keyboards and pianos. We hide behind microphones. We hide behind how much money we gave to the Lord, how much time we had to tithe, and how well we did this. We hide behind churches that we build. We hide behind ministries that we build. I know there were some people that helped build Noah's Ark, but yet didn't get in there. You can build ministries and not be in Christ. You can do that because that is a gifting. Speaking of tithes, we, we hadn't passed them since COVID, so if you brought tithes and want to bring them up later, you can put it there. But many people stand back and they look at a church like this. They look at people like the hope dealers and they say, what's wrong with them? They're, they're crazy. They're too much. They're too loud. Well, the last thing that I heard when Jesus walked up to Lazarus' tomb, he said, he said, Lazarus, in a loud voice. Is that what he says? In a loud voice. And so when you deal with people that were once dead, but now they're alive, <laughs> sometimes people get loud. <laughs> you know, the issue is this. The issue is this. There's too many elder brothers in the house of God, and when they hear rejoicing and dancing and the fatted calf getting slaughtered, they say, well, what's going on there? Well, they're free now. I'm not bound by religion. I'm not bound by denominations. I'm not bound by some doctrine that I've been taught. Too many people live by what they've been taught their whole life instead of picking up the word and knowing it themselves. The word of God is the only thing that's going to stand and stay forever and ever. And so elder sons, elder brothers get angry when people get born again and get free and they're not worried about what you think about their worship. I told Fallen Water Camp Meet when they were there the other day and Jordan Ship began to praise God. And I'm like, you know what? I know some of the darkness she's been through. I said, but you don't. And I said, so some of you are sitting back judging her worship when you wasn't there whenever she was warring. You wasn't there when she was in war warship. You wasn't there when it was dark. And I told them, I said, I was jumping up on that stage and I was dancing and I was shouting. I said, you wasn't there when I was underneath that pickup truck laying in my mess from head to toe, been up 14 days and not a stitch of clothes on. I said, you weren't there. So you may not ever understand my worship. 
But Judas didn't understand the woman that was at the feet of Jesus and broke her box open. Judas didn't understand her worship either. And the problem in the church is we got too many Judases dictate how we worship, what we give, and what we don't give. I can promise you an alabaster box wasn't anything to her. She knew what Jesus had brought her out of. You see, they wasn't there at that tomb whenever she ran to Jesus and said, if you'd only been here, Jesus, my brother hadn't have died. Well, now she's sitting not only in the presence of Jesus, but her brother Lazarus that once was dead, four days dead, that once was bound, was sitting right there beside her. You see, they weren't there at the tomb when Jesus walked up there and said, Lazarus, in a loud voice. You see, not only is she sitting with Jesus, but I'm sitting beside my brother that once was dead. You see, Judas wasn't there. Judas was probably sitting back mocking said, yeah, Jesus, listen. We got too many Judases trying to dictate and determine who we are. What we are and how we do it. Judas is always slick. We'll get there in a minute. Because this is that. One thing that the Holy Ghost does away with is drama. <laughs> Judas was a dramatizer. Anybody that would kiss Jesus and say, that's him? <laughs> There's been a little drama going on. The Holy Ghost will push drama right out. <laughs> Amen? It pushes division right out. I'm sure you ain't never dealt with no drama with a bunch of women coming out of drug addiction. <laughs> I'm sure all of us, men's probably worse than women. Amen? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying that. I don't know. A lot of drama. A lot of drama in church. A lot of Judases. Amen. So we sit back and we try to determine and we dictate, but we don't even know what we're talking about. We really don't. And we begin to touch things that we have no business touching. Are you with me? I said we begin to touch things we have no business touching. People have said, I, I, it's too much there. Well, will it always be too much when it gets darker and darker? Will it be too much one day? The problem is we want to find somewhere in the middle. If you weren't here Wednesday night, watch the message or get Brother Isaiah to get you one. Talk about a woman that was bent over with a spirit of infirmity, bowed over. And the Lord told me that and they showed me that that woman's always the top of the church. And the problem in the church today is we can't make up our mind if I want to be up or all the way down. So we just bowed over. We get bound up by many spirits, much oppression, depression, and we just stay somewhere in the middle. And that's the problem in the church today is the church is somewhere in the middle, and that's a lukewarm church. The church must be standing straight up. They should point to us and say, ah, they're too much. That's you know what I'm saying? Isn't that what they said? I'm, I'm not patting us on the back. I'm saying as a whole, the church as a whole, God's going to get us back here at Acts 2. But so many times we sit back and we touch things we have no business touching. And we talk about people and things that we have no business talking about. And we touch stuff. 
Well, I promise you what happens when you touch the presence of God, oozes die. I said oozes die. And wives to kings become barren. <laughs> and they never produce life because they touch what God is doing. And so here's what I would say. Be careful what we touch. Be careful even in our ignorance to say, that's not right. That's not God. Because sometimes we just need to sit back and say, what is this? It's okay not to know and it's okay not to understand. But it's not okay to touch what you don't understand and what you don't know. It's not okay to call something the devil like was told me. It could have shipwrecked my faith. I was told that the Holy Ghost was the devil. And if I received it, then I would fall flat on my face and never make it. By three ministers, the only men that I had in my life. And if I had went with that, where would I be? Where would we be? In the middle of that outpouring at Fallen Water when the new mantles were being there, Pastor Lee Ship came to me and he said, where would you have been? He said, if you'd have listened to them three men. He said, where would you be right now? And it cut me. The Holy Ghost was moving. And I was like, how many times have I settled for what man's told me? How many times have I settled for something that was less than, that was less than the greater glory that God had for me? Now, I can tell you whenever I was facing and fighting all that persecution them years ago, I didn't see this day. <laughs> I didn't see this day. I didn't see this day. Not at all. And so we sit back and we say, what is this? Acts chapter 2 speaks of the Holy Ghost coming down on the day of Pentecost. It said on the day of Pentecost when it was fully come, they were in one place, one mind, one accord. Boy, people don't understand when there's unity in a church, do they? <laughs> They're so used to fighting and division and backbiting. and Man, when the Holy Ghost fell that day, though, there was unity. They were one mind and one accord, and the Holy Ghost fell. Suddenly there was a rushing wind, a mighty wind, and it filled all the house they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own. They were like, wow, what is this? And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue? Wherein we were born, Par Par Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of the Mesopotamian, Judea, Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia. And it goes on to say in verse 11, Cretes and Arabians, and we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? I looked up what the Aramic Bible says, and it says, What is this phenomenon? 
I didn't know what phenomenon meant, but it kind of caught me. And so here's what phenomenon means, one, one type of that. A remarkable person, thing, or event. What is this? It's remarkable. I don't know about y'all, but this morning has been remarkable to me. It's been remarkable to me in my life. And I'm like, my God, I knew it was going to be a wonderful day. And today, we're just getting started. A baby dedication, a baptism. We get to be in the presence of God, pure worship. People being delivered and touched and saved and delivered. So what is this? I wonder if we ask, you know, at this point, you know, what did they just see? They saw despair. They had saw devils. They had saw division. And now all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes and there's unity and there's authority and there's power and there's love and there's grace that they knew not of. And the thing, Jesus, they had just lost him and the cross and the blood and all that was like, man, what's going on? They had to have something greater than themselves. And the Holy Ghost came. The Holy Ghost came. And so many times we sit back and we say, what is this? Anybody ever been there? Anybody been there like this? What is going on? What is this? I did too, and I was curious. So I kept getting closer. I said, you see, because when I was a drug addict, I was curious at a deeper level of darkness. (laughs) I was always drawn to deeper levels of darkness. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Now I'm just saying that because I was a, a drug addict. But if you're in sin... You're always drawn, and you're not born again, you're always drawn to a deeper level of sin. Porn addicts didn't start with watching the nasty, gruesome porn that you ended up watching. You didn't start with that. You started with some little magazine, probably when you was a little boy or girl, that the devil just slid right there. Now, y'all stay with me, all right? So we're drawn by our nature, either in the flesh or the spirit, we're drawn, amen, if we're led one of the other, then we're led to deeper levels of either darkness or the light. And so when I got born again, I knew how drawn I was, Dom, to the things of the darkness. Man, I wanted more meth. I wanted to find out how to make it. I wanted to find out what was in it. I became infatuated with it. And so I wanted everything that I knew that I could do to benefit me. You know, if I can make it, then that'll take pressure off me. I don't have to buy it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to buy it no more. Y'all know what I'm saying. So I was drawn to a deeper level of darkness. Well, when I got born again, I began to be drawn to a deeper level of the light. Amen. And so I just knew the initial salvation. Thank God I was delivered in jail. I was saved in jail. But then that wasn't it. I was at a program five years. Then God called me, and I began to teach, and an anointing would come on me. I didn't know what anointing was, but I could feel that it wasn't me. I was almost out of me, and I would begin to say things. I'm like, wow, where'd that come from? And so I knew there was a deeper level, and then I began to read more of the Word. And then I moved to Bonifay, and then I met my wife, and her family invited me to Central Pentecostal to a camp meeting. And then there were three men preaching in that camp meeting, and I thought, my God, I've never heard anything like that. There was a man preaching behind that pulpit, tall, skinny, bald-headed man, and he's got a finger, I swear to you, that it'll fit all around this world. (laughs) And he's preaching. I'm in the very back on a Tuesday morning, and Pastor Don Schutz begins to preach, and he's pointing that finger, and I'm telling you, it hit my nose. (laughs) 
Anybody here this morning want us? You know, he call, had an answer, an altar call. And if you just know his voice, you're like, how's that coming out of that man? And that was like that finger went from here to just grabbing me, and he pulled me to an altar. And that morning I experienced what I'm saying. But up to that point, I said, what is this? What is this? And here's what the word of God that day when I left there, I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? We were about to be a Southern Baptist church plant with our cowboy church. We were given land. Nothing wrong with any of that. But I was drawn to something else. And I just knew inside of me, I know me, Brother Dust. I know me. And I know that if I am going to serve this God, then I have to know everything that he's got for me. Because if I don't know everything he's got for me, and if I'm not willing to die and die and die and go deeper and deeper and deeper, then I'll die a physical death. I'll die a spiritual death first, but I'll die physically too. I know me. I'll go back. And so Acts chapter 19, God opened this up to me that next day on Wednesday. And here's what it says, Acts 19 verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They just didn't know. They said, Well, you're talking to us about a Holy Ghost that we know not of. And so what? Are the, so then they says, Well, what is it? <laughs> it's okay to be ignorant to something, But I'm going to say it again. It's not okay to touch something that you know nothing about. Amen? It's not okay. It's okay not to understand. Amen? They said, we knew not there was no Holy Ghost. Verse 3, and he said unto them, unto then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Verse 4, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. We're going to baptize in water today. This is the baptism of John. He baptized Jesus. Amen? A baptism of repentance. Now verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So they didn't know about it, but they said, what is this? And they said, I want to know, I don't want to touch it, and if it's real, and if it's for me, then surely I want to have it. And so let me tell you, it's okay to be ignorant and not know about something, but it's not okay to touch something that you know not of. Because some people just don't know that there is even a Holy Ghost, and some people's been told something all of their life that it's not really real. Well, I come to step on the devil, I come to run him out of the church, I come to run him out of this church, and I come to say the same thing Paul said, You may have been baptized in John's baptism. You may have repented, but God's got something else. I'm telling you, I believe today in this house, God's going to lay his hands on people, and they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, and prophesy. Hallelujah. 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 It's okay not to know what something is. I'm going to say it again, but it's not okay to touch what you don't know. There's two baptisms. And so I took this scripture 
to men in my life? And they said, no, 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 no. That's the devil. Ah. And still to this day, it hurts me for them to say something that's holy, pure, and godly, to call it the devil. Because to me, it could be an eternal thing. When we touch things that we know not of, we cross a line from ignorance. I'm okay. There's a lot of things you got to try to test the spirits about. A lot of things. You better test and try the spirits about. I'm not saying everything's Pentecost. I'm not saying everything's real in this. I'm not. I'm not saying everything's always right and real in this church. Amen. I called a devil out not long ago and it ain't been back. I ain't saying it's real. But some things you just have to let be. Amen. The devil got quiet, didn't say another word that day. Ain't been back. Because the real will always push out the wrong. Amen. Amen. It will. I promise you. Y'all still with me? I'm, I won't keep y'all much longer up here. I asked them not to leave me. <laughs> and so verse 7, I, I hope this helps somebody today. I really do. I hope this helps somebody. So verse 7 said, and all men were about 12. Very few. But listen to what happens. So the Holy Ghost, about 12. Paul stayed and he preached, verse 9, but when divers were hardened and believed not, people but spake evil of the way before the multitude. (laughs) What were they doing? They were speaking evil of this. Be careful. Be careful to speak evil of what God is doing here. Don't harden your heart to this. Don't harden your heart to this. I'm telling you, don't harden your heart. Because there's coming a day, I'm telling you, and I speak for Jesus and in the name of Jesus, the same way the church came in, it will go out. There is nothing else. There's one church. There's one church. There is nothing else. I don't care how many churches is up and down this road. I don't care how many denominations there is. I'm telling you, there's one church. Jesus isn't coming back for Baptist, Catholic, Pentecostal, Methodist, a Presbyterian. He's coming back for a bride that has made herself ready. I said he's coming back for one people. I said he's coming back for one people. I'm telling you, there's coming a day, just like on the day of Pentecost, you may have spoke this, you may have spoke that. I speak Boniface, you speak Arkansas, but in the Holy Ghost, we speak the same language. I said, in the Holy Ghost, we speak the same language. And I'm telling you, there's coming a day that Jesus is coming back for a church that has the same language. What is that language? It's called love, L-O-V-E. The same language of love is the only thing that's going to bind this church together in this hour. Hallelujah. People don't care what you got to say. They want to know how you love. That's all they want to know. There's a lot of people with great languages. You speak in tongues. You prophesy. You do all these, but you don't love. And everything that you say and speak and do in prophecy and tongue and all of that garbage that you want to do, it's just like a clanging cymbal in my ears. And so here's what we call.
Nobody wants to hear a clanging cymbal if you don't love. I don't care if you prophesy. I don't care how good or how loud or how quiet and how often you speak in tongues. If you can't love somebody and get in an altar and wash their feet and love somebody that nobody else loves, then what good is it, church? I said Jesus is coming back for a bride with the same language, and the language is love. So GFCC, quit talking about the church down the road. Jerry Jingus, quit talking about anybody else. And let's have the same language and let's love. Amen. 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 But if you're here today and you've talked about me and us, quit talking about me and us too. Amen. <laughs> amen. If you're watching, if you've talked bad about us, amen, just stop. Love. Love. What is this? Don't harden your heart to this. There's coming a day you're going to need this. <laughs> and if your heart is too hard, then you'll become prideful and arrogant. You'll say, I ain't going there. Because I said I never would. <laughs> Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I said I never would go there. I said I'd never do that. I said I'd never speak in tongues. I said I, I, I. <laughs> I'd never do any of that. No, 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 no. They're too crazy. They talk too long. He preaches too loud. They sing too much. You know what I'm talking about. They're crazy. I ain't going there. What is this? So listen to me. They hardened their hearts. Listen. They spoke evil of the way before the multitude, and he departed from them and separation the disciples disputing daily in the school. Don't separate yourself. Don't harden your heart to the very thing that we're going to need in this hour. It's not a denomination. I'm not talking anybody down. I'm telling you my life today. I'm telling you my life. I'm not sticking up for this church. I'm sticking up for the church. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. Amen. I've not found anything else in there. Amen. I've said I've not found anything else. The church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. That's all I can find, Brother David. I can't find where full gospel churches, Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic, I can't find the birth of any other church in this Bible. I can find where men birthed it because men didn't get their way. And so they said, well, this is what I took out of this. This is what I took out of this. This is what I took out of this. This is what I took out. This is what I got. And this is what I got. And it's a bunch of nonsense and divided mess that man has come up with. If the vices of the devil, because behind every break off and every divide, I'm telling you, the devil's behind every one of them. And we wonder why the church is in the state that it's in today. I wonder why in the word of God, it said judgment must be begin at the house of the Lord because God knew this day would come and he knew what would be going on in that world I said it Wednesday night and I'll say it again Sunday morning and Tifa on the streets out there they're not divided they're one mind one accord they're burning up our courthouses they're burning up the people they're burning up the cities they're not divided church the church is the church is divided the world isn't the world didn't. Not at all. My dope dealers could get mad at me and we'd be over it. <laughs> we'd be right back over it getting high. Stole from them. Owed them money. They didn't care I was back again. You know why? Because misery loves company. They didn't want to get high alone. <laughs> what division in that world? Some of you are sitting right here. Ah, 
vision right now. I can't believe. So what is this? What is this? And then some sit back and we sit here and we say, is this that? Is this really that? So here's what they said. Acts chapter 2. Verse 15, for these, I'm sorry, verse 13. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They were mocking. That word mock means to jeer, means to talk about. It means to be like seas, like like waves of the ocean constantly rolling in. (laughs) One wave comes after another wave after another wave. That's what people do when they talk about the Holy Ghost. (laughs) It's just nonstop. It's just like the waves rolling in the sea. It just keeps rolling, it keeps rolling, it keeps rolling. We keep talking, we keep talking, we keep talking. And we keep mocking, we keep mocking. And we sit back and we say, is this that? I think they're drunk on wine. I think something's wrong with them over there. I think something's wrong with them crazy Pentecostal people. We start talking about it. We start touching things that we don't understand. I said earlier, it's okay not to understand something, but it's not okay to touch something that we don't understand. Here's the problem is many of us have been taught doctrines that are devil's doctrines. And that's all we've ever been taught. That's all we've ever known. And so I base and judge everything that I've ever known. I sat in a church where for a long period of time they taught why we believe what we believe and they never picked up the Bible. serious it wasn't out of the word of God I can tell you the only hope that I've got is I believe what I believe when I first came to this church it was Grittany Baptist Church the Holy Ghost fell in the service fell upon brother Buck I'm telling you we had church that day we had about 12 people and half of them left that afternoon they called me and said we got to have a board meeting today the only thing I'd ever heard about a board meeting was the devil was always there (laughs) so I didn't know brother Buck I was scared wasn't I (laughs) y'all know what I'm talking about And so when I came, I couldn't go get a book to find out what happened. You know what I did? I just brought this Bible. And they said, what happened in this service today? And all I knew, Brother Buck, you were there. I just read Acts chapter 2, didn't I? I said, y'all, I don't know. I've never been a pastor. I was a drug addict. I wasn't raised in church. All I know is what the Word says. All I know is that I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I came to this church. I told y'all I probably wasn't the right fit to be here. And then the Holy Ghost fell on Brother Buck in that service. I mean, he had never been, been there. It was none of us. We didn't make it up. We didn't preach about it. The Holy Ghost just fell because the Holy Ghost is going to do what the Holy Ghost is going to do with or without you. He's going to fall on who he's going to fall on. And he's going to fall on people with you or without you. But Jesus Christ will have a church that will stand. There will be a remnant that will stand. And I'm telling you, church, our only hope in this hour is to stand upon thus saith the Lord. And that day forward, Brother Buck, all we've had is the word. We've never taught a doctrine. We've taught the Bible. We've just taught the Bible. Is there things wrong with, with doctrines? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we get drilled in and we learn doctrinal things that I believe keep us away from the pureness of who Jesus is. He's so sweet. The Holy Spirit is so pure. He's so loving. It's so powerful. 
If you'd have been in this church for nine years, I'm telling you, without the Holy Ghost, Jared Jenkins wouldn't be preaching to you today. Hope dealers wouldn't be here today. I'm telling you, I'm not making it up. Brother David spoke in tongues one night. It's the most real deep thing. I'm telling you, the devil wanted to run me out of here. Brought me before man, wanted to just bring me down, wanted to accuse me and revile me of everything. People tried to buy me. And the Holy Ghost prayed through David Bryan. Regina was in the, in the closet back there, wasn't you? She could hear him in this sanctuary. And she ran, didn't you run in the pantry? Get on your knees. She went in there and hit the ground. The Holy Ghost was so strong on her face before God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can say is this that, you can say we're drunk, you can say we're stupid, we're crazy, I'm telling you be careful, the Holy Ghost don't lie, and if we'll just get to know him, thank you that you're teaching that Leanne, if you'll get to know the Holy Spirit, he'll make you love Jesus like you can never fathom, I'm telling you. He'll make you fall in love with people that you hate. I promise you. He'll make you do things you'll say. He'll give you revelations. He'll give you words that will set people free. He'll let you go on mission trips. He'll let you lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. He'll let you see people born again. He'll let you see your family. He'll lead us to open a school. He'll let you walk away from things and have complete peace about it. That's what the Spirit of God will do. He's beautiful. He's sweet. But so many people say, is this that? They're just drunk. Be careful. Be careful. I just wrote this down. Because many of us walk borderline to blasphemy. I'm going to say that again. Many of us have walked borderline to blasphemy. And blasphemy, what I read in the Word of God, is the only unpardonable sin. Because Jesus is saying, you're not going to touch my spirit. I had to go away so that I could send him. (laughs) He. The Scripture calls the Spirit He. And when people talk about Him, it fires me up. It fires me up. It puts something on the inside of me, John Wayne. I just want to preach more. I want to get louder. I want to run the devil out even more. Amen. Because he's been so good to me. Amen. So many people say, is this that? I shared this. We were at Fallen Water. Just some phenomenal things happened there. But the night before I preached, now that I'm bald-headed, amen, y'all can tell, right? So now that I'm bald-headed, I was preaching, and I was preaching about Elisha. And so I can use this scripture now, but I can't really use it for me right now today. But here's what happened in 2 Kings chapter 2. Elisha had received the double portion anointing, chapter verse 23, and it says, And he went up from thence unto Bethel, and he was going up by the way. There came forth little children out of the city. And mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. 
Now, I didn't ever know this. So I just thought that it was little bitty kids running out from every which way out in the streets and just making fun of this bald-headed man. But if you look at the Hebrew word of children there, it don't mean how age. It means immaturity. <laughs> and a lot of people in their immaturity of the Holy Ghost touch God's people. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I serve a God that feeds she-bears. <laughs> I said, I serve a God that feeds she-bears every day. And I'm telling you, as these immature people come out and mocked this prophet of God, that the mantle just fell off of Elijah onto him. And he had just received a double portion anointing, and it was evident. And now immature religious people that don't know anything about what they're touching or who they're touching begin to talk about him. Now listen, I say what you want to say about me. I'm just telling you, God serves, feeds she-bears. I'm just being honest. I don't want any of you to die for touching God's church or God's anointed people. Whether it be here or where you left from, don't touch God's people. Don't do it. Because you will die. I'm telling you what God's word says. Touch not thine anointed one and do his prophets no harm. Well, here's what they did. And he went from thence to Mount, and here's, he said, and there came forth two she-bears out of the woods and tear 40 and two children of them. 42 kids, she-bears tore into pieces because they touched God's anointed. It was more than the bald head. It was the mantle that he put on. It was the Holy Ghost because that new mantle was a representation of authority and anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when we touch things that we know that we don't need to be touching, then I just tell you, leave your hands off. I'm just telling you, just leave your hands off of that and allow God to be God and say, Lord, just open my eyes that I'll see what you see. Open my eyes to the truth of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, I'm going to close with this. Peter said this. I hope this helps somebody. This is that. Peter's saying this is that. That was spoken by the prophet Joel and it shall come to pass in the last days with God. If you look at this scripture in the book of Joel, it says, verse 17, it says, and it shall come to pass, it says, afterwards. So you know what I heard the Lord say? We're going to go through some things. And we are going through some things right now. But that word afterward is about to happen. I felt God tell me we're about to walk in like uh, this is that. I'm telling you what we have experienced this morning. This is that that the prophet Joel spoke about. Here is what I'm about to say. This is that when people like Peter that were once deniers, that were once backsliders, that were once people that went back fishing, that were once people that said that they would do one thing, they didn't uphold their bargain or their word to God. Anybody ever done that in here? I'm telling you, this is that when people like Peter are about to stand up when they could never stand up before. This is that when people in the church have been 
invited over and over and over to a supper banquet that had been prepared by God Almighty. But the church people began to make excuses and said, well, I got to go work today. Well, I got a new oxen today and I got to go plow my field today. Well, I got to get married today. If who you'll marry keeps you out of the will of God, then you better think again about who God has called you to marry. Listen to me this morning, church. I said this is that. Luke chapter 14, verse 13 through 24. He said it's time now since the church made excuses, since the religious people wanted to walk out and make excuses about why they couldn't come. Well, it's just too much. Well, it's just too long. Well, they're too loud. I'm telling you, church, this is that that God is saying now. Go to the highways and the hedges. Go to the byways. Go to the lame. Go to the poor. Go to the crippled. Go to the addicted. Go to the bound. Go to those that are on the streets. Go to the prostitutes. Go to the drunk. I'm saying this morning, church, this is that that you're about to see people rise up. This is that. This is that. Go to the maim. Go to the lame. Go to the blind. Go to the highways and the hedges. Go to Lazarus's tomb. People that are dead and tell them to remove the stone. This is that. This is that where you ladies are going to rise up and people aren't going to even know what you've been through. <laughs> They're not even going to know what you've been through. Turn around and look at Sister Connie. You think she don't even look like what she's been through? Stand up, Sister Leah. She don't even look like what she's been through. I said, I tell them about that. I said, they don't even look like what they've been through. Amen. You've seen this precious baby dedicated today. That's what you see. But you weren't here on dark days. You weren't here on dark nights. Amen. I said they don't even look like what they've been through. I said they don't look like what they've been through. Come here, brother. I said this man of God right here, he's been time in prison. He couldn't get, leave dope alone, but he don't look like what he's been through. Dominique, he don't look like what he's been through. I said they're rising up. His wife is teaching children in the back. He's been called by God. I'm telling you, church, we're living in this is that that no matter where you've been no matter what you've been through the church has made excuses long enough I don't know if y'all feel what I feel this is that Stephen and Sheila don't look like what you've been through not at all Probably people here don't even know. I do. This is that. Well, they're going to pour into marriages. This is that. This is that, Brother Chris. This is that. People's going to be called away from their jobs, and they're not going to make excuses, and now they're going to be chaplains at a prison. This is that, where I'm not going to be a basketball coach, but I'm going to teach children here. This is that, where people are willing to walk away from everything, no matter how it's going to look like. This is that, church. I said, you better get ready to walk in. This is that. You hear me? Are you getting baptized today? People's not going to know what you've been through, Dom. This man's never even been in a church until the pandemic hit. I'm telling you, because of Emily and because of that baby, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this morning, church, this is that. When people are going out, they're going to be caught out of the highways and the hedges. People's never stepped foot in a church. This is that. And so, church, you listen to me. Don't 
don't you sit back because you've been in church 58 years and a half when he rises up and surpasses where you've been because you wouldn't do what God told you to do. This is that, Sister Stacy. This is that. Don't be surprised who God uses in this hour. Whew. Bunch of church folks sat back when that little boy pulled out his lunch and put it in the hands of Jesus. I said a lot of folks, a lot of folks sat back, oh, why him? They were watching. That little boy's going to put something in Jesus' hands. Well, he's been trying to get you to feed 5,000 people for a decade, and you ain't moved yet. So I had to get somebody that never set foot in church to feed them. <laughs> you thought too much of yourself. Yeah. You thought too much of that lunch. <laughs> you wouldn't give it up, would you? You thought too much about it. Too pretty. Too pretty. Thought too much about that, didn't you? I'm glad I didn't let the devil win in my life, Brother Mike. My greatest testimony, I thank God he delivered me out of hell and jail. But I thank God about 11 years ago, I didn't bow down to religion. I didn't bow down to saying, what is this? And staying stuck there. I knew there was more. You willing to walk away from everything? Lord, I have no other option. $20,000, I was made $20. I trimmed Hewlin Taylor's horse. That's all I had. I ain't lying. He'll tell you. That's my testimony. I'm so glad he's here. That's my testimony. Right there, he walked to me at the Holiday Restaurant. I'll never forget it. That's all I had, $20 bill every six weeks. The church is going to give me twenty grand a year. Just got married, never been a daddy, never been a pastor, became both things at one time. You think I needed the Holy Ghost? You better believe I did. <laughs> so what do we do? We take money, we take a house, we want to suffice our family and our children, and we trust the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, this is that. God started a this and that from this is that about 12 years ago in my life. I stand before you today and I still believe in the word of the Lord. This is that. I'm telling you, you may be here today and you say, what is this? I'm telling you, this is that. I'm telling you here, you may be here today and you say, is this that? I'm telling you, we're not drunk with wine. I'm telling you, I'm drunk in the spirit this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost on my life. I feel it in this house. And I've seen the Holy Ghost of God do things in this house. I'm telling you, only God could do through the Holy Ghost. Our first mission trip, I've shared this a thousand times, but I'll share it a thousand more because I experienced the day of Pentecost in my life. Me and David Bryant were shipped out. We went to Dominican Republic with Pastor Lee Ship and Shedrick. They were preaching in nice air-conditioned churches, and me and Brother David were shipped to the hood. Prostitutes everywhere, drug deals going on. No power in the church, no chairs in the church. I don't think at the time, I don't even know what was there. They brought them out. Went to go to the bathroom, and it was a 55-gallon drum, mud. They had a generator running the power. And I said, God, wise. That night, man, the Holy Ghost just started moving so strongly in that church. 
I remember there being a young teenage girl there, probably 18, 19 years old. I just remember her walking forward. Her friends brought her forth. I could just remember them, the four friends in the Bible. And I think she had three or four friends, and they brought her to the altar. And I remember laying my hands on her, and I said, peace is coming to your life tonight. And I had a translator. First time I'd ever preached with a translator. First time this translator had ever translated for anybody. We had it going on, let me tell you. Me and D.B. had it going on that day. Whew. From Grittany to Dominican Republic in the hood. We had it going on. And so, man, I laid my hands on that girl. Next thing I know, she hit the floor. Boom. And I went down there with her. And she started slithering on her back like a snake. And she started kicking. So I thought she thought I was trying to hurt her. So I got off immediately. And the Lord said, what are you doing? He said, you get down and you plead the blood and you pray in the Holy Ghost. All I had was the Holy Ghost in that moment. I look back for Brother David and he's up there. And I can tell you, he had little Dominican babies surrounded him. I just seen one big white man and little black Dominicans all around him. And Brother David's just praying all around him. Help me pray this demon out. I've never dealt with a demon before. Some of you sitting there saying, he's crazy. I'm telling you, I'm not crazy. These devils all around you. You just don't know it. They're just too slick here in America to manifest and slither on its back, but they'll slither right in your house. <laughs> they'll slither right in your life. They'll slither right into your marriage. They'll slither right into your phone. They'll slither right into this church. We just don't see it. And so I, I thought I needed David's help to deliver the devil. I looked back. He wasn't coming. He was just praying. It was beautiful. And so I just kept praying in the Holy Ghost. That's all I had. I just prayed. That little girl slithered on her back as far back as that little church would go. And she got to a place where she couldn't go anymore. Glad to have you. And... Um, Man, something happened. She hit, and her belly came up. And I'm telling you, she let out a yell, and that demon left that little girl. She hadn't cried up to that point. The moment that her back hit the floor, peace came. The very peace the Holy Ghost said, tell her we'll come. It came. And tears, literally like a fountain, shot out. shot out of her eyes the peace of God came we got in my car to leave to go back and Pastor Lee said pay your interpreter a little money and I went to pay him and he said you're not paying me a dime he said brother Jared he said when you were speaking in tongues speaking to that devil he said I could hear every word you were saying in my language I was praying in the Holy Ghost and I was speaking Spanish the whole time and I never even knew it. I just knew that God filled me with the Holy Ghost for such a time as this. 
And I knew that if we were going to deal with the devil, I knew I better tap into the baptism of the Holy Ghost that the devil fought me with and fought me with and fought me with. And I'm telling you, that interpreter, he said, I'm not, you're not giving me a dime. He said, all I had to do when you were speaking to that devil, he said, she heard you in our language and I heard you. And he said, the only thing that I did, he said, I kept applying the blood. He said, you were talking to that devil. And he said, I would say in Spanish, I come on the He said, I'm going to just apply the blood. Every time I would pray in their language, he said, I would apply the blood and the blood. I said the blood. I said my Sunday. I said the blood. I say in this morning, church, I've experienced what they experienced on the day of Pentecost. I've experienced when I'd pray in my tongues that another language heard it. Why? Because I'm telling you that when Christ comes back, he's coming back for a church that speaks the same language. What is that language? It's a language of love. I'm telling you this morning, church, divisions. I'm tired of divisions. I'm tired of division of denominations. I'm ready for the church to get back. If you're here from a Baptist church, welcome. If you're here from a Catholic church, welcome. If you're here from a Presbyterian church, welcome. I'm telling you, I'm here from the church of Jesus Christ. And that's the only church that's going to stand in the end. This is that. This is that. We have to get the new building built. This is that. I had somebody tell me yesterday, they've been at their church 37 years. 37 years. A few weeks ago, they said, I'd never leave my church. I talked to them this week. They said, remember that conversation we had a few weeks ago? I said, I sure do. Remember I said I'd never leave my church? I said I sure do. That person said, well, I think this is home. God knows. I don't. God knows. I'm telling you, church, this is that. And I'm not just saying this. I'm saying it's all around. Scottsville Assembly of God, this is that. Fallen water camp meeting, this is that. I'm telling you. Church, there's there's little there's little fire pockets. There's little fire pockets. Isaiah, will you put them pictures up? I said, there's would you stand up? There's little fire pockets all around this world. God's connected us with fire pockets all around this world. All around this world. How many of you knew that's what the United States of America used to look like? You see any lines of division? How many of you know what it looks like now? You get, look at there. You could put Pentecostal, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, and you could put lines that boxes everybody out. And they say, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Go back to the other. I'm telling you, that's what Jesus is coming back for. There's no lines. There's no division. There's one language. The language is love. I'm telling you this morning, church, you're in the middle of that. <laughs> you're in the middle of that this morning. And I just invite you down to these altars. If you're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I know I'm asking a big thing, but I'm telling you, I want you to step out and come. Just lift up your hands. 
Just come and lift up your hands. Say, I'm ready here. I'm ready today, Pastor, to receive the baptism. I believe today's the day for some to receive the baptism. If you're here today and you just say, I just want to come and worship, come on. Church, I'm telling you, this is that. Don't miss church today at 5 o'clock. Don't, don't forget. Don't leave early. We got the youth fundraiser, but I'm telling you, let's just have church. Hallelujah. I invite you to these altars this morning. This is that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.